0: You're listening to Priceless Beauties Podcast. Hey beautiful, Pamela Price here, makeup and spray tan artist, educator and owner of Priceless Beauty Studio, an international award-winning beauty business. But more importantly, I will be your host and cheerleader on this journey of self-love, self-awareness and growth. Life didn't come with an instruction manual and entrepreneurship can be a lonely and scary road at times. I am personally inviting you to join me on this brave adventure together while I chat with women just like you who open up and share their secrets about their business, their inspiration, and their stories. When we empower one another, great things happen. All right, babe, thanks so much for pressing play. Hey, welcome, Miriam to the Priceless Beauties podcast. I'm so happy to have you on here. You're always such a pleasure to work with. Uh, we recently worked together on a photo shoot, and we reconnected, and I'm like, Miriam, you have to come chat with me on my podcast. You're like a serial entrepreneur, and I know you have so many things on the go, so I just wanted to get
1: on here and chat with you, so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. It's actually my first podcast, so this Ooh. is really exciting for me.
0: Well, you, you're in the online space a lot, so it doesn't feel like it would be unnatural for you to even have your own podcast. <laughs> right?
1: No, I've been thinking about it. So maybe this is the push that I need it to do it.
0: Totally. Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining. Do you want to just give like a little intro about who you are and maybe some of the things that you're
1: up to for anybody who's listening? Yeah, sounds good. My name is Miriam, I am a mom to three kids. I am also a restaurant owner here in Durham Region. We own a seafood restaurant, the first seafood cafe in Canada, I would say. I also am the executive director for OPEN, it is a creative arts incubator in Durham Region as well, the first creative arts incubator in Durham Region. Um, so I'm always really excited into putting things together for Durham Region and in Durham Region. I live here. I grew up here. I know what is missing from just being up here. And I'm sure, Pamela, just you being up here too, you know the things that Durham needs. So I'm always kind of working on plans behind the scenes of how we can make that happen. Not necessarily for me only, but like for also like our kids that are here and Everyone else that's here, I want them to have like all the things that we wish that we had growing up.
0: Yeah, I, th- I love Durham. I didn't love it when I first moved here because I moved from Toronto and I was like, there's nothing here. <laughs> yeah, but it's growing. I've been here for now over 10 years. It is growing. The community is growing. The businesses are growing. So I love that you're part of the initiative to make things happen around here, especially for the younger people in that creative field since that's the field I'm in. So that's what I'm passionate about, beauty. But it's also having your own business. A lot of creativity is required.
1: So hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the thing when we started Open, like we were talking about creative entrepreneurs, which kind of gets broad, right? Because creative entrepreneurs, I mean, everyone has to be creative to be an, an entrepreneur. So we had to kind of narrow it down to what it is specifically that we wanted to address. And I think the biggest problem that we had is that a lot of our friends grew up in the music and film industry, but they had to leave Durham to get into the industries or even get any experience in the industries or even just being in the same spaces with other people in the industry. There's no there's no space like that here in Durham region. So we decided like, okay, since we always had to travel downtown to be in these spaces, to know these people, to, to kind of like even get a little taste of what, that creative career could look like, Yeah, uh, why not try to put together something here for them? So that's kind of what we did. We're in our fourth year. We survived the pandemic. We're in our fourth year. We did a lot of in-person events when we first started, and then we shifted to online events. But we're back to in-person events again, and it's just so exciting to see everyone in the same room again, kind of feeding off everyone's energy. So it's kind of like everything we set out to do is finally coming back into existence.
0: I love that. There's a lot of great things that you shared there. So I just wanted to touch on that as, you know, young people, we are told like, go to school, like in high school, you you have to try to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Then you're going to probably go to university or college, spend a lot of money and not really know if you have any idea, if you're going to like what it is that you're spending the next you know, however many years in school doing. So I love that you are creating an opportunity for people to have that taste of what it is that it might look like if you're moving into that creative, maybe TV, film, music, that side of the creative industry. So how does that work? Like you said, you have an upcoming event. I think you're coming up this fall, a space for different projects or different people in in that industry. What does that look like? Give
1: us an example of what that looks like. Yeah, so our upcoming event is a showcase. We figured, you know, over the past three years we've been doing a lot of photography workshops, a lot of film like short film production workshops. We brought we, we brought in everything from producers to like uh photographers that are making waves right now, just like in a big way. Like we have the same photographer that was doing all not all of our workshops because we get different people each time, but she's now taking photos for Drake now she's on tour doing their stuff in the back end. And these are the people that grew up in Durham region that are from Durham region that are um, hosting these workshops that are putting this together for the community. And like they're not even really getting paid for it. They're doing it for the love of the community. So we've done that for four years. So there's been a lot of work that has been generated through these workshops. So we wanted to host a showcase where people can now all the stuff that they've done and they've learned by coming to our programs, they have now are gonna put it in a showcase. So during that showcase, we'll also have panel discussions and we'll bring in a lot of our board that is also from Durham Region. So it was really important for us in Durham Region because you would be shocked to know how much talent live out here. Mm-hmm. And I mean like these people are making millions of dollars in the States doing what they love in creative industries but they have to do it outside of their own homes, right? They have to like travel to go do it. So for us, we're like, okay, so they all live here. They're all here all the time. Why not get them to come out and help youth get into these spaces? Which was honestly amazing because they've come out and they've showed so much support that we're able to now host a showcase with them in it to show all the work that people have worked hard on over the past couple of years.
0: That's a really great initiative. I love that so much. So, if you want to, we'll put it in the show notes for anybody who's interested to get to know more about this specific showcase and any other upcoming events or opportunities within that. It is a nonprofit as well, right? The organizations. Yeah, Yes. Okay, cool. So I'll make sure that we put all of that stuff in there so you guys can find out more if you wanted to contact Miriam about that, feel free to go ahead. But I want to backtrack a little bit here because I know we were chatting at the last photo shoot we were working on together. You had mentioned that it, this whole thing kind of started like way back from blogging about food. <laughs> so yeah. give, me, give me the path, like yeah. take me back on that journey where you started with the food blogging, and then kind of how it has molded into a couple different like offshoots into entrepreneurship for your community as
1: well as the restaurant industry also. Yeah. Honestly, I started by doing events. So I've been doing, I was doing conferences and business events and just events in general for about 15 years. And it was a great space to be in. But as we know, like things happened over the past couple of years where events kind of died out. So for me, it was like, I was so caught up in like being outside of the house for so long that when it came time to be like inside the house I actually realized like I didn't know how to make any of my mom's food like I didn't know how to do anything and my mom would call me like oh what would you make for dinner today I'm like pasta she's like the hell pasta like, where's the, where's the traditional food? Where's the nukhiya? Where's the bamya? Like, where's the food? And I'm like, I don't know how to make any of that stuff. And she was like, you know, your kids are going to like, they're going to lose out on the heritage or not going to know any of your culture's food. And like, how could you do this? And I'm like, okay, we have you down the street. It takes three minutes to get to your house. We'll just come to your house and eat. And she's like, that's your problem. <laughs> so that's why you don't know how to make anything. So I ended up starting to record my mom's cooking because I realized like, she's not going to be around forever right and like we are in a place where my aunts and uncles and grandparents and everyone they they don't live here so it's just like kind of like me and my mom so at the end if i don't learn to make my mom's food my kids are never gonna know what it is and they're gonna be those like weird kids that go to like your uncle's house i'm like ew what's that and i'm like no we can't have that happen <laughs> so i started recording on instagram and posting it on my stories and then people literally would, would would message me like all other Arab people would message me and be like oh my god thank you so much I actually made this dish today following your stories like I actually did this today following your stories and I'm like hey it's not just me I think it's all of us like all these people that came to the country we just decided to like let go of all of our food and kind of just kind of just do the easy stuff. And after recording my mom's food, I realized that the food is actually so easy. It doesn't even, it's, it's not even that complicated. It takes a couple of of ingredients here and there. You put it together and like my kids loved it. Everyone loved it. And it turned out to be like a really big hit on my, on my Instagram. So I translated that into a blog. And then I realized like we could, because we started, like I, we started working on opening our own, restaurant and Durham region doesn't have a lot of like mom and pops where we're very fra- we're a very franchised town let's put it that way like yeah. all the big franchises are here and like there's probably four or five places that are actually owned by people in Durham region like in Ajax right mm-hmm So I was like, why don't I just highlight these places? Because now like I'm getting a couple of hits on the blog. You know, people are starting to follow me here and there. And because I put Durham region everywhere in my bio and everything, it turns out I'm getting a lot of people from Durham region. So, okay, let me like talk about the food scene. And it turns out like there's no real food scene. (laughs) So I was able to talk about like five places. but it was, it was like, it felt good, right? It felt good to just like, Hey guys, did you know that this person does this? Oh, wh- where do you get your hair down? Oh, this place. Yeah. I went to other places, totally messed it up. So go to this place. Oh, did your lashes like? Because Durham is so small or Ajax is so small. Like there's like not a lot of people you can go to. So it was nice to like, kind of let people know about them. And then now we're growing so big, right? Compared to 10 years ago when you first got here. Yeah. Compared to now we're like, almost doubled on how many people have moved up here. So we're growing really fast. So it's a, it was a good time to, to get into the region and like start making waves in the region because like now when people come here they're like looking for anyone that knows anything. Yes.
0: And then they can check you out. And thank you for recommending us as well because I know that you have uh recommended us some of your family members and friends and different followers have come to us for some
1: of their beauty
0: services. So we appreciate that. So much. I literally
1: tell everyone about Pamela. I'm like, yeah, you know, I went to a wedding and it rained and only my lashes didn't fall off and everyone else's lashes fell off because Pamela did my makeup. And they're like, oh my God, who? I'm like, here's her contact. Call her if you don't want your <laughs> lashes to fall off. I appreciate that
0: so much. And talk about, so my, I knew about your restaurant because it's like literally four minutes from my house and we were driving past it and at one point that plaza I thought was getting torn down because they were doing something with the go station there and there was no nothing in that plaza and then I seen a few businesses starting to pop up and then I seen that restaurant and so my kids and I my husband were like oh we have to check out that restaurant and then lo and behold it ended up to be yours so we went yeah. and it was delicious it was really good my husband wasn't a fan of um some of the other seafood boiled type restaurants and he absolutely loved it So uh, we really enjoyed it. So if anybody's interested to check out the seafood in Ajax, delicious. How did you guys get started in that? Because that was at a weird time as
1: well during the, was it the end of the
0: pandemic or mid pandemic that you guys started that?
1: Yeah. I mean, no one really knew what the end was, right? We were kind of like, right. we're kind of sick and tired of this. I think we just, we, we took we took it on as something like, we've been looking for space for a while. We weren't sure if it was going to be an Ajax or not. We were looking for space um, because I always wanted to open a coffee shop. So that was like the original idea is to open a coffee shop. Well, when you sit and do the math on the coffee shop, you need more things of substance. Like you need to be able to make more sales. Like there needs to be an option for you to make more sales. Even though a coffee shop is amazing and everything that comes with a coffee shop is amazing. It's like the sales per person amount just doesn't add up at the end of the month. Yeah, it's just too low. So... My dad has been obsessed with wanting to open a seafood restaurant maybe for, like, the past, like, 10 years. He talks about it all the time. And I'm like, seafood? Like, where did we, like, why seafood? And he loves seafood ever since we were kids. Like, we grew up on seafood all the time. And he's like, trust me, guys. Like, this is a great idea. I know if you guys take this on, you're going to kill it. And I'm like, no, I want to open a coffee shop. And he's like, coffee shop? Do you want to make money or not? And I'm like, yeah, I want to make money. He's like, all right, well, seafood is the spot. Anyways, going back and forth, we somehow combined the ideas into a seafood cafe. So I looked it up and like there's a couple in Europe by the waters and, and there's a couple here and there, but there's nothing in North America that combines seafood and coffee. And the reason why we combine seafood and coffee is because we are a house that doesn't drink alcohol. So it would be like really random for us to sell alcohol when we don't drink alcohol. We don't buy alcohol. Like it's just, it's just not within our family structure within our traditions we just don't do it we are obsessed with coffee we have our turkish coffee our yemeni coffee like there's just so many options for coffee there's cardamom coffee so we're like we can elevate it and have like a seafood cafe instead of it being a a cocktail bar it'd be a coffee bar the first six months of us opening so many people would come sit down and be like where's your drink menu here you go We give them a coffee menu and they're like where's your drink menu oh we don't sell alcohol here they're like how did you do seafood with no alcohol? And that alone is like a hoop we had to kind of like, or a a mountain we had to we had yes. to cross. And it was only for the first couple of months where people just expected to walk in and find beer because you're selling crab. Like, how can you sell crab without beer, right? To them, like so many, we'd get that question all the time. Like, I don't know. I've never combined crab and beer before, so I I don't know what you guys know. We're on the same. We're not on the same level. But then people were just like, who cares, right? Like, it got to a point where people would just come in, they'd enjoy some lobster rolls, some fish tacos, or a seafood boil. And then they would, you know, go to the bar down the street if they wanted to get a drink with their friends. But the first six months, it was, like, shocking to people. Like, jaw-dropping. Like, how could you own a restaurant without an alcohol bar? But, like, everything, you kind of just, like, you set the standard of what you want, whether it be in your beauty business or your restaurant or whatever. And I I think we're all so caught up in like, well, this is what people want. Like, we should do what people want. But sometimes I feel like we go against like our own beliefs just to give people what they want. And it's kind of like, I think that was like the biggest thing I I had to learn like this past year is just like you do what you want to do in your business because it represents you. And then the people that agree or don't agree or whatever it is that's how you find your people right that's how you find your your community so it was good though like now like at first we were like maybe we might have to like i don't know add non-alcoholic beer like i don't know like we got that question so many times but we stuck with it and it, it turned out to be like really good there's so many people that come in and like you know i actually appreciate the fact that i don't have to drink when i get here you know like some places you feel like you need to get a drink because you're in there and that's how they make their money or whatever But it's like not even like that with us. It's just we want you to come in, have a good time, eat, eat with your hands, bring your family like it's not a big, you know, dress up before you come or stretch is a very like relaxed environment.
0: Yeah. And I loved the music that was in there, too. And I would I mean, you could dress up if you're into that. You
1: could. Yeah, it's it's, it's set up in a way where you totally could. But also, it's kind of like set up in a way where you just need to like come in and just be free and sing along to the music and, you know, move around. Like it's a very chill environment, the way that we put it together.
0: Yes, I enjoyed it. And would you say like that's the biggest obstacle with starting? Because it it isn't a franchise, right? So it didn't have a base. It wasn't recognized that you didn't have an umbrella to fall under, to ask questions or to (laughs) go through these different things. So what would you say is like, I mean, other than the alcohol, what would you say has been like the biggest challenge with starting something like brand new like this you guys haven't been in the restaurant industry before so because I know your husband works there as well like he he
1: left his we didn't start yeah yeah (laughs) he started his career in insurance to to kind of like you know work with us and then my dad also took a step back because he's he's now like you know what I think I'm gonna live half my year somewhere hot but yeah have fun see you later (laughs) like he's getting to that age so it's kind of it's more like me and my husband in it at the very beginning, like if you were to, if we were to have this podcast six months ago, it would be a very different conversation because six months ago, I was like, what the hell did we get ourselves into, right? Because you really don't know anything. And like, you think you know, right? And I even went on YouTube, like how to open a restaurant doesn't exist. I yeah, Just so you guys know, you can't, you can't <laughs> YouTube that. That one you can't YouTube. Well, maybe they can now after this podcast. (laughs) That's true because like it is not a joke. You think because we spend our whole lives feeding people. I mean, my mom is that person whose house was always full of 30, 40 people. And she loves making dinners and she loves putting together and like hosting and putting together everyone from like different groups and bringing them together. That was always my mom. So it was kind of like in our in our blood to be like feeding the community it's kind of like what we've done our whole lives but this is a different type of feeding the community because people are spending their hard-earned dollars with you right and you can't be like oops sorry like my bad we thought that it tasted really good today but i guess it's not that you know not that great let me well come back tomorrow we'll make it better like it's not like that, right? People are spending mm-hmm. their money. People have worked really hard for that money. They're coming here with their family. They want an experience. And it's on you to make sure you get you give them the best experience. So when it came to prep, we had no idea what prep was. We had no idea that there were certain things you had to do before people came. We thought like, you know, people come, they order, and then we start making the food. No, that's not how it works. I, we found that out after six months, and like we only found that out because someone left a Google review that was like, "I'll come back when they get their prep in order." And I'm like, "Prep in order? Maybe I should ask someone about that." Called my my friend who works in a in a kitchen. I'm like, "What am I supposed to do for prep?" He's like, "I don't get it." I was like, "I I made the sauce. Isn't that enough?" He's like, "No, you gotta like prep stuff. Like you gotta like make your like season your fish and have it ready." And I'm like, "But what if no one orders it?" He's like, "That's the part of." your job to do like you have to figure out how many people are going to order this today and then you have to have it ready and i'm like but what if they don't order it? he's like then you throw it out at the end of the night what he's like that's food costs that's how it works and i was like so i don't make it when they get there he's like no you make it in the morning and prep it like not fully make it but like prep your your fish make sure it's seasoned prep your shrimp make sure it's seasoned i'm like got it okay so we'll do prep and then we started to like figure things out we started to know like this is how much prep we have to do this is how much things you have to do this is how you do it like we didn't know any of that can you imagine opening a restaurant and not knowing that you need to prep food at the beginning so when we everyone was like how long have you been in business i'm like four months i'm like oh so you own a restaurant before that no you were in the hospitality industry before that no the fuck are you doing i'm like (laughs) (laughs) opening a restaurant i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and literally for six straight months, every day was like war. It felt like I was going to war every day because we had no idea what we were doing. And people were waiting so long for food. And I didn't understand, like, how do all these restaurants get food out so fast? Like, how does this even work? We finally figured it out. It took us six months. So when That's people wild. have grand openings for restaurants, I always be like, yeah, I'll show up after the first four months because I actually, <laughs> I actually know how it goes. Don't yeah. go during grand openings. It's like the worst time to go to a <laughs> restaurant. Oh my gosh. That's so wild. Well, my food was nice and quick. So amazing.
0: <laughs> you must have to already get figured it out. To figure that out. Okay. No,
1: that's so good.
0: Hey beauties. Have you ever thought about starting your own spray tanning business? If you've been following me on social and you know my story, then you know that I've had a lot of fun and success in my own journey as a sunless artist. If you think you might be interested, I invite you to check out spraytanclass.com. And if you decide it's right for you, use code PRICELESS at checkout. That's P-R-I-C-E-L-E-S-S. Wow. Yeah, that's, it's so interesting because even if you were to like, youtube or take a course or work somewhere you may have learned one thing but there's still going to be so many other things that you just have to, it's like you never
1: stop figuring stuff out never, never, right never and like re- like recently we figured out that we can actually get our supplies a little bit cheaper than somewhere else like you're always you always have to be like working to figure out how you can cut your costs because that's an number thing with restaurants is like It costs a lot to operate a a restaurant. And if you even, like, don't pay attention to one thing for a whole quarter, at the end of the quarter, when you start, like, putting your, you know, numbers together, you realize, like, man, you lost a lot of money in places where you didn't have to do that. But that's why restaurants, like, their margins are so low, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to always be watching everything that happens. And you can't wait till the end of the year to do your to do your numbers like you got to yeah. be doing those numbers all the time you got to be on top of it all the time
0: yeah I have an aunt who's in the restaurant business as well she's retired now but she she has some stories and she said the same thing like about she's like you don't really make a lot of money in the restaurant industry and and I was recently in Florida and we ate out all way too much yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, regretting that, to. but we <laughs> ate it a lot and I'm just like looking around and I was thinking about that and I'm like, there's all, there's restaurants everywhere. There's everywhere. so many restaurants and I'm just like, why are people like working this hard and, you know, putting this much on the line? Cause I've worked as a waitress, you know, yeah, in restaurants before it. I did that mm-hmm. in college or whatever. And it's hard. It's a lot of hard work. And that was just mean being a server, you know, and like, so I just 100%. played a small role, but like, I know that it's hard and it's stressful and it's tiring and it's a little thankless as well. You know, it's kind of like parenting, like <laughs> people expect and they're not, you know, sometimes they can be difficult. Like why? Why are people doing it if the profit, I guess you just have to have the heart for it. Like you just have to be passionate about it or right. Because if it's very, very hard and there's barely any profit, why is there so many
1: restaurants? Yeah, no, (laughs) we love to eat. Yeah, if you do it right, I mean, if you do it right and you do it from a place of business and not a place of passion, you'll probably make more money. I'll put it that way. If you do it because you love it and you want to put in the extra fluff here and the extra fluff there and do all this extra stuff, unless you have the clientele for it already, it is really hard because people's expectations and how much they're willing to pay for it is very skewed, mm-hmm. which I'm sure also in the beauty industry is as well yeah well, that's a whole other conversation I feel like people are like, oh my god that's so expensive like I hear that a lot sometimes where I'm like yeah I did my hair and makeup and then you tell them the amount and they're like oh like that's all like a lot and I'm like no it it's mm-hmm. it's really important that people know that yeah.
0: I mean it's the cost of doing business right so with our bridal we get that a lot our price points jump significantly for our bridal and what people fail to realize is when you come, say for a spray tan, for example, mm-hmm. you go on my Instagram, you book your appointment, you may send me a DM or one phone call. You come to your appointment, we might send you, we'll probably send you one text follow-up or maybe two follow-ups depending, you know, what happened. So yeah. there may have been maybe in total an hour's worth of work done other than the other, the software is another backend cost products, yeah. things like that. But yeah. when it comes yeah. to bridal. There might be a hundred points of interaction on every single client's file. And that could be, I don't even know, 20 hours or more per client. So when you come, it's like at a restaurant, you come, all you see is the end result, the food on your table but there's so many things behind the scenes that people don't understand or see that is the cost of doing business. So yeah, you mm. might think, oh, well, this seems expensive for X, Y, or Z, but you're not just paying for, you can't explain that to people, right? Mm. So it's tricky, but yeah, it's very like tricky. people will
1: order like, <laughs> lobster and been like oh my god it's so expensive i'm like you ordered the lobster but like you know people also don't know the cost of of things if they don't usually eat them right if you don't usually eat seafood on a normal day or you don't buy seafood from the grocery store even just like from a grocery store you would see that the price point is a lot higher than and like your chicken or your beef whatever but then they come to our restaurant and they'll be like oh why are these your prices i am like, oh, that's just the price for the lobster, but you can still get the shrimp for under $20, you know? Like, it's also, like, they also need to set their own expectations, but they won't. Yeah. Well, just to keep
0: touching on this Florida thing, because what I noticed out there, too, the price points for restaurants are insane. And you High, go right? there, and you'll spend $1,000 at dinner, and it's like, ah! that's normal. Like the expectation is like when you go to Miami, you go to South Beach, you go to a restaurant, it's the, it would be the same as your restaurant, but not, maybe not even as good. I mean, maybe the seafood could be a little fresher because you're closer to the water, but like the overall experience and the quality and the taste of the food is the same. But the expectation in that area that they've created this demand and the price point and the businesses are probably making more money. I'm sure their rent is more and things like that, but it's like, okay, at in Durham, we need, like, this is one reason why our price point's a little higher than the average, because I want to be profitable in my business. I love doing beauty services, but I'm not doing this just for fun anymore. Like I've been doing this for 16 years. We have to make a living and we should have the right to earn a decent living. And I think in Durham, because we're in the suburbs, it's like automatically people think that we should be cheaper. Our food should be cheaper. Our housing should be cheaper. Our services should be cheaper, but it's like, our cost is the same. (laughs) Like, why should we make less money? Right? So I know we we don't want things to be so expensive that people can't afford to do stuff. Like it's an issue. But at the same time, as business owners, we still have to make money. Right? So yeah,
1: It's, it's not like we don't have a choice. Like we have to like, right? Like we don't, It's not like, like, I mean, if I could do this and I could give food to everyone for free, I would totally do it. Like, I would, I would, I'm that kind of person.
0: Yeah, I love doing, I would still do beauty services for free if I had
1: a a money tree. Because, yeah, (laughs) it was literally my, my. we have, we have kids and families and houses and lives and we can want to continue doing this for people. We want to continue feeding people. We want to continue having a restaurant, like there's just so many things that we would want to do. And we have to keep our prices a certain a certain level to do them. Of course, we do have our meals that are a little bit more like all of our shrimp boils are under $20. All of our tacos are under like we are so reasonably priced. I feel like it was time. super affordable. Yeah, what I'm saying. So I feel like priced. in
0: Durham yeah. region, it's like it is a lot cheaper than even if you were yeah. to head downtown and have the same experience 100%. you would be shocked
1: at that price <laughs> like it's so cheap 100%. right so you know I yesterday think- i went downtown last night and i'm starting to notice like even when the guy at the at the patio at the four seasons was saying we've had a really slow summer like everyone in general has been just complaining from How much people are not going out there anymore and spending that kind of money because of how bad things are gotten with inflation and how bad like just people in general, like people in general right now are so uncertain about what they're doing with their lives because everything is like consistently changing that people I think as well have taken a step back in general like from all these uh from like eating out from like going out all the time or from doing their hair and makeup as much as that they would mm-hmm. usually do like i'm i'm noticing that trend over the past 2 months
0: yeah we had a slower season still consistent season but like slower than last year um it's hard to gauge because the year post covid it was crazy busiest season we ever had because everyone was just like catching up on all of the things, doing all the things. So we were really busy. So this year we we did kind of slow back down, not back down. We're still growing, but slower than last year. So yeah, we're still trying to figure out like, is this our new normal? Was like, are we doing something that's- wrong or like what's happening? But yeah, I feel like that's kind of been what I've heard from many different business owners that it's, it's kind of a weird year. We're trying to figure out like, what's going on
1: yeah it's very strange and even just the day on day like we know our friday saturday usually like the busiest we had like a random tuesday so busy like literally didn't even have enough staff that we're calling staff in like random tuesday and then on saturday there's like nobody and we're like wait what's happening like it's just such a weird time like we don't even understand our staffing anymore we don't understand anything we it's been like one day you're super busy, one day you're dead, then you're busy, then you're dead. So it's just like understanding all that too. I think people are also at the cottage, people are away. Like there's just so much going on in people's lives right now that no one knows what their new normal is yet.
0: Yeah, we're still figuring that out. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I want to just ask if you have any advice for somebody who's thinking to um, get into the creative industry, they're thinking to open or start their own business, any like words of advice that you could share for anybody listening that's thinking to maybe take
1: that next step towards something that they're interested or passionate about? Honestly, I know everyone says like, just work hard silently and do your thing. And then like when you're ready and you're good and you're set, you can let everyone know about your business and like share. And I'm like, no, I'm all about sharing what you want to do with people, getting ideas off people, asking people about like, for instance, like when we were opening a seafood cafe, obviously every single person I talked to thought we were insane. Seafood and coffee together. Like, are you guys good? (laughs) And It wasn't like I was telling people my idea so I could hear what they were going to say and then like get discouraged from it. And I think that is the problem that people listen to everything everyone else says around them and everyone else seems to know what is good and what's bad. And it's like no one knows anything, right? If I learned anything the past two years, no one knows shit, Okay. And if you're passionate about something and you feel like people will love what what it is that you're doing or that you put it out there and people are like, okay, this is cool, this is good, go to the next step. Like always find your next step. I'm not saying invest every single dollar you have into like your business and, and then like put all your eggs in all the same basket and run with it. But like always find the next step to making your passion or your dream or whatever it is come to life. Don't always feel like, okay, this is the goal. Let me get to the goal. What are the steps to get there? And slowly take those steps. Because I think we're so overwhelmed sometimes with like what the end looks like mm-hmm. that we forget how we're going to get there. Or we don't even we don't even plan how we're going to get there. We're just so stressed about getting to our end goal and we didn't even take a single step. So I always tell my friends, okay, so what's next? Like what's the next step? They'll be like, I don't know. Like, so that's the problem, right? We gotta, <laughs> like, I think that's always really hard. And it's not easy figuring out your your next steps. It's so hard. But like, we're all so overwhelmed with the end that we don't ever think about the journey and we don't ever enjoy that journey because we're just so stressed about getting to the end result.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: one or two things
0: happen. You get to the end and you get there and you realize, meh, <laughs> wasn't that, it's not that big a deal or, Didn't really feel like how you thought it was going to feel or, you know, it wasn't really, it's kind of like, you know, you get there and it's not really what you thought or you don't get there and you get defeated and then you don't take any more steps.
1: Yeah. So it's
0: like, I love that. Sometimes you take steps forward and you go back. Sometimes you,
1: you know, so. And sometimes you have to go right and you have to go left and like you just you you kind of have to go with it. And I and I really feel like just all of us like right now in 2023, we're at a point in life where we're like we want so much like we want. I don't know about you guys, but I know for for me, like I'm always thinking of like a hundred other things that I need to be doing or I should be doing. And then I forget to like enjoy the moment that I'm in. And I always mm-hmm. have to like take myself back every time I find myself like complaining about something or not liking something. I'm like, okay, but look at where we're at, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I do that to myself because I feel like we all lose sight of like how far we've gotten or how happy we actually are with what we have because we're so busy striving for the next thing. And I think we also put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like. Answer every email, talk to every person, respond. Oh, I think someone messaged me and I didn't message them back or I did this. And like a year ago, I let go of all that because there was no, there was no way that I was going to do it all. There was no way I was going to answer everyone's message, answer everyone's call, show up to every event, uh, go to every school concert, go to every, like, I think like that expectation of being everywhere all the time like drove me crazy so i have to like take a step back and be like it's actually okay if my husband goes to his sp- spring concert tomorrow without me and sends pictures like it's actually okay that if this happens or i didn't respond to this person's instagram message i will respond to them when i see them or i'll say hi to them when i see them. like i don't know like i just kind of let go of all those expectations that society has of us that they want mm-hmm. us to like, it's, it's too rude if you don't respond or you're or you're stuck up or you blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's like people don't have the capacity to do it. Like, I don't even get offended about any of that. If I send an email, I don't get a response, but I, I need an email back. Maybe I'll, I'll wait two weeks. And I'm like, hey, just wondering if you got my email. And I'm not a mad or offended or think that person is slacking or anything like that, because I know for a fact they probably have a million and two things on their plate. And responding to my email is not is not the first thing. And that's fine. And that's perfectly fine because that week they're really busy, and I would hope people have the same expectation of me. Honestly, because mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think we don't give—I don't think we give people enough grace. Yeah, like we're all just still human, I'm trying they, to do this thing, you know. <laughs> trying to do, and I and I learned that in the restaurant industry is I realized like people don't give people grace, like they just don't give them the opportunity to even fix things, like people will walk into a restaurant something happens they get their order late the person beside them got their order before them whatever it is they're mad they have a grudge they're upset they'll never say anything right they'll eat their food oh how is everything oh it's fine it's great okay cool they'll go and then they'll write your bad review they'll do whatever they won't even give you the opportunity to fix things right and i think like that's just us like we have this expectation of people. We have this expectation of being at a restaurant. We have this expectation of being at a spa. We have expectation, whatever the expectation is at school, at university, we have these expectations. And then we won't allow people to get it wrong, right? Like how dare they get it wrong? How dare they be human and screw up? And we won't even give them the opportunity to fix it because I tell people all the time, I'm like, oh my God, if there's something wrong, please say it out loud. Like, come tell us so we can fix it, not just for you, but yeah. the next person, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, if you're upset about something, I'm sure someone else was probably upset about something too. But if we don't know about it, how could we do anything about it? And people are like, oh, well, I don't like to complain. Okay, but you wrote it on Google. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's true. Because it's like people don't have the nerve to say something in person, as opposed to, yeah. And in our instance, it's a little easier for us because we're face-to-face with people for an extended period So we can kind of break down those walls a little bit and, you know, ask right. the right questions. But in your instance, the interactions are quite quick. So right. they might not have that opportunity to feel like they can say something, right? So right. it's tricky, yeah. but
1: I don't know how it's you can kind of get around that, but it's... uh you just have to just charge it to the game you have to just be like this is part of owning a restaurant and just accept it and and kind of run with it but it's just like we but like 10 years ago we weren't like that as a like I mean as a society like we weren't like that we weren't sitting there waiting for someone to screw up so we can go write about it later I feel like that's what Not everyone. Of course, not everyone. Some people are, like, honestly, freaking amazing. They just want to come in, support, do all this stuff. And then you have those, like, certain people that just are waiting for you to do something wrong. In general. Like, not just in the restaurant business. In just any business. Like, they're waiting for the teacher to say something. They're waiting for this person to screw up. Like, they're literally waiting for you to say one thing that is not okay in their book. So they can, like, ri- like, ring you out for it. And I feel like we never had that problem 10 years ago. And it's like people's expectations of people are so mind-blowing now. Mm-hmm.
0: It's very true. And I guess, like you said, it's something that you don't necessarily have the control over, except for setting the expectations within your team and your staff and creating the environment where people feel comfortable and safe and um, included. And that's all you have control over is how you respond to it. Right. So yeah. Yeah.
1: But like, those are just the kind of challenges that we deal with on a day to day. And like, it's just like accepting that to be like, like not putting it on you, like, right. Like, that's not – I can only control so much, and, like, my staff can only control so much, and the kitchen can only control so much, and my suppliers can only control – like, there's so many hands involved, right? hmm So it's just, like, just talking to people like you would talking to your friends. Like, that's how we operate in – At seesaw and mind you, a lot of the people that work there are my family. Like my brothers are servers. My dad's in the back. I'm in the front. My husband's there. Like it's it's a it's a family run business. So when someone doesn't have someone's like, oh my god, how could they do blah blah blah? I'm like, we're literally a family. Like imagine your neighbors, right? How would you say to your neighbors? You'd be like, hey today's food was a little like too much garlic can i you know and we can switch it for you like we are literally your next door neighbors you're talking to us like we're moxies we're not moxies we don't have 17 stores and a general manager and twenty thousand servers we are not that so it's also people's perception because we're because we're in durham and everyone is a franchise Mm
0: -hmm. there is a
1: general manager and a general manager and a different person but We're like a small little family that opened a restaurant that fits 58 people for some reason. And we now feed like 58 to 60 people a night easily every hour. So it's very different. It's very different. When you leave this place,
0: what are you doing for yourself to reset, fill your cup, put yourself, because that's a lot. It's a lot, right? So you're you're handling a lot of different energies, a lot of different personalities, a lot of new, unknown challenges as you continue to grow as a business, yeah. and you know, even having I don't know what your family dynamic is, but I know sometimes having business with family can be have his own set of challenges, right? Because yeah, it's worse. You guys have, you guys have history, and they can reach me at any time. <laughs> you know, so what do you do? outside of work to kind of fill your cup to reset because ultimately you are your business and your business is you and you bring all of that into your businesses and to the projects that you work on
1: yeah honestly for for me taking the kids and just going whether it be by the lake or the my parents um have a little cottage by by rice lake and it's like 40 minutes from us and whenever things hit the fan just like drive up 40 minutes and sit by the water for a bit. And that's our summers, basically, because when you own a restaurant, you can't just leave the country <laughs> most of the time. So our leave the country is like either we had our wedding anniversary actually last month. So my husband randomly booked a random Monday to Wednesday in Vegas. Like it was the most random time there was no weekend because we can't leave weekends. So it was like during the week, beginning of the week, we go into Vegas for three days and we came back. And that's like our vacation during our uh, this is high season for us. I'm sure it's high season for you as well. But that's that's basically what we do right now. And then in the winters, we leave and we go spend time with family in the UAE. That's where my grandma is and my aunts and uncles. And to me, that's when my heart is the most, like, that's when I'm like the, like, feel the best. I feel the best when I'm around my family. Not the family that I work with, the other family. <laughs> we won't let them listen to this episode. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I'm the, the thing is, I'm the oldest, right? Out of all the brothers and sisters. So I'm the one kind of who, who they come to when they like, there's problems. And they'll be like, okay, so what do we do now? So now I'm just like I don't know. You guys are old enough. Go figure out your own problems. <laughs> YouTube. It. So now they stop. Yeah. Now this. <laughs> now they stop consulting. <laughs> and what's your favorite quote or mantra that you are living by right now? What's meant for me will never miss me. Like everything that's meant to be around you, be with you. No matter what you do, it's always going to be there. And then what's not meant for you, no matter what you do, you'll never get it. Because it's not supposed to be for you. And that's how I live my life. So whenever everything goes south, I'm like, well, it wasn't meant for me. My husband's like, I don't think you're supposed to do that, like, all the time. I feel like you're supposed to, like, get a little bit irritated about it. I'm like, no, I'm I'm kind of done with that. Because you can only control so much. Yeah.
0: There's no sense giving too much energy to something that's out of your control, right?
1: 100%.
0: Amazing. Well... I want you just to share your content. Again, we will put all of the links to all Miriam's, to her blog, to her website, to the Sea Salt Cafe, to any events that she has upcoming in there. But for anybody who might be just listening, because we will have this as a podcast as well as on YouTube, if you could just share any places that you want where people could connect. She might not respond for two weeks, but... (laughs) (laughs) But just know...
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah just no i see it and i'm gonna respond i promise no i'm just joking um no like honestly some days i'll just be on my phone super quick response like within three seconds i have responded and then other days when i'm not on my phone or it's down i have my instagram notifications off i have a lot of like of those off because i feel like we're so bombarded like mm-hmm. how do you know what to answer first, second and third with instagram and whatsapp and linkedin and like I don't know about you guys, but there's just so many no- like things that are always beeping on, on your yep. phone. Yeah. So you can find me at Maryam Mnuch, so M-A-R-Y-A-M-M-U-N-U-H on both Instagram, I believe Facebook as well. Do people still use Facebook? I think so, right? <laughs> I'm also on www.umnuh.com and thatopenspace.com. But we'll put that That'd all in awesome. the show notes.
0: Yes, amazing. Well, thanks for chatting. That hour flew by. <laughs> right. And I hope to see you again. And I got a few ideas. I'm like thinking, oh, maybe for one of your events that we could have like a, how to get into makeup and hair for film and TV. I don't do a lot of film and TV, but I know a couple artists that do. So maybe I could connect you with them or we could do yes. makeup for photo shoots or something like that. I don't know. Yes. You, I wrote yes, down yes, a few yes. ideas.
1: Yes, we actually have a database in that. So when you go to that openspace.com, there's an opportunity to be in a database for anyone that does hair and makeup for music and film or photography. If you want to add yourself to the database, we actually give them to when we get requests from production studios, we get requests from directors, producers that are looking to fill in some spaces. We can give them access to that database. So you can, I love that. Okay, cool. Well, I'll put that link in there. And yeah, Perfect. if any
0: ideas or opportunities come up that we could be of use for any of your upcoming projects or initiatives,
1: you know where to find me. Perfect. Thank you, Pamela. Okay. so much. Thanks,
0: girl. Okay, Thank gosh. you so That's much. So Ciao. Anytime. Bye. Hey girl, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share a positive five-star review. And as a thank you for your love and energy, my team will send you a free copy of my social media content and goal planner. Please screenshot it and email it to info at priceless-beauty.com so we can get that to you right away. Until next time, let's stay connected on IG, come say hello at PricelessBeautyGram. And don't forget, You are worthy and capable of achieving anything your heart desires.